Welcome to the Keep Growing at UF podcast. I'm Kara. And I'm Brandon. We are trainers on the UF HR training and organizational development team. Training and organizational development has identified key skills that faculty and staff can develop as individuals and as leaders. The Keep Growing podcast will present some of our team's trainings in an audio format so that you can listen and learn at your convenience. Providing timely and meaningful feedback to your direct reports might already feel like a challenging task, but now you must do it in a time of increased stress and physical distance. In fact, ongoing feedback is even more crucial than ever. On this episode, we are presenting a webinar titled Providing Effective Feedback for Remote Employees, which will identify tips and strategies for how to effectively provide feedback while working remotely. This webinar was originally presented by Courtney Moon on April 17th, 2020. Today's session is one that I'm really excited about uh, presenting to you all on. I, I love the topic of feedback. It's one that I think is, is really important for what we do. Um, and in particular, you know, now that we are in this new situation, uh, we've really had to rethink some of the ways that we're providing feedback for remote employees. So again, thank you for, for spending some time with me this Friday. For those of you that I don't know, if it's our first time meeting virtually, my name's Courtney Moon. I'm one of the learning and organizational development specialists here with training and development. Um, we have recently come out with some new resources, some webinars, some community strategy sharing sessions to help navigate um, all of our different needs that we have in this current situation, this current pandemic. You know, typically a, a Friday for me is spent uh, downstairs, right, in, in one of our our training classrooms, working with a, a group, or maybe out on campus. Maybe it's working with your team or leaders uh, across this uh, this great institution here. But like everyone, uh, the pandemic has necessitated a need to make a, a shift and a very quick um, a quick shift at that in my work and some of the things that I, I really spend my time doing. As, as all of you know and can relate to this, I mean, what we're experiencing is unique in that we're in an unplanned work-from-home transition, where typically if we are, are looking at um, having employees work remotely or we're, we're looking at working remotely, there's a lot that goes into that in terms of planning, preparation, uh, typically not just maybe a, a day's notice, in, in my case, um, it was about a, a 30 minute notice that <laughs> I started, uh, started this journey. So not only are we experiencing the transition of that, but then also the nature of the work has changed, the tools have changed, and quite honestly, we've changed. We're behaving differently than we ever have before. And while we're all, you know, really experiencing this change together, again, how we transition through the change may differ. Um, this idea of change is, is typically looked at as this external force that's kind of thrust upon us. But that transition part is what happens to us internally, what we go through as we're trying to adjust to this larger change around us. And while many of the, the tenets or characteristics of effective leadership or, or great leadership are still true today, it does mean that as a leader, you also have to make some adjustments to the, the way that you're leading, given this, this current environment. And it's this idea that 
leading at a distance is different and it really is and i know you all have started to experience that over the last three four plus weeks at this point what is always interesting to me especially this week as i've had a chance to talk to some leaders across campus is that in some ways we're starting to adjust to what feels normal at this point so there's a some varying research out there that says uh Sometimes it takes 21 days, up to 30 days to create a habit. And we are right at that sweet spot where we are starting to develop some new habits. Um, but what those new habits mean that we're also having to, to challenge kind of what's been in place and what we've always done. Uh, what we're finding is this idea of leading at a distance means that um, we don't have as much face time with our employees, with our teams, with our colleagues. There's no more hallway conversations. We can't just pop into somebody's office for a quick question. I can't walk by and look over at somebody at their desk and make small talk with them. And sure, we have technology to use, but it still really is different. Um, so I, I want to pause for a moment. And if you would, I'd like you to place this in the, the, the chat, your, uh, your thoughts or, or um, comments on this. I mean, for you, what's been most different for you? And you can think of it from a, a leadership perspective, a colleague perspective, a, a team member. But what have you been experiencing that's been the most different? I'll give everybody just a, a moment to maybe put in some uh, some responses or reflect on that question and place that into the, the chat feature. All right, so I'm seeing not being able to see each other as much, different communication styles, and not being able just to go over to somebody's desk directly and talk about an issue. Jana, the busier than usual, right? <laughs> It seems like everything is is more involved and takes longer. Uh, chain of command being different, different routine affects productivity. Marianne, it's a great point, right? We we are losing some of those uh, in person, the body language, visual cues. Ah, Lord is okay. Working remotely for a while now, so it hasn't been much <laughs> much different. Okay. A lot more meetings. Right. I don't know um, if, if any of you have maybe realized that you are going to be spending most of your day on Zoom. I have not. I feel like I'm constantly on uh, Zoom meetings, Zoom calls. I've also, whether it's good or not, become very comfortable with looking at myself on video to a, a point where I find like I just I watch myself way too much <laughs> on a video, right? So we're all experiencing a lot of, of different uh, changes, right? We're, we're going through this, this differing kind of transition to what's happening. And as leaders, we really have to start to reconsider our approaches, again, making some adaptations, pivoting, and especially in terms of how we're communicating out expectations to others, what communication looks like at this point, and again, how all of that really flows into the feedback that we're providing on a regular basis to others. So I, I would be, I would be remiss if I did not begin today uh, with the discussion or just even a quick note on the importance of expectations and. Part of that is, and you all know that this is true as well, because you've experienced this probably on, on both ends, either as a, a leader, 
as an employee, right, it's nearly impossible to hold someone accountable for expectations that you haven't expressed. And, and not only is it impossible, but people will actually uh, resent you or maybe not even trust you if you're trying to hold them accountable for something that you haven't been explicit about. There's a, a book by Kim Scott called Radical Candor, and it's one that I, I absolutely uh, love. And what she talks about in her book is this idea of, you know, our ability to provide uh, very clear and kind feedback to others. And this idea of clear and kind feedback directly relates to expectations, right? Clear is kind. If I'm providing clarity around expectations, right, then I am actually being very respectful of my employees because they know what's expected of them. And without that, there is a, a void. There's a, a void, and during that void, then people really just, you know, whether it's good or not so good, um, identify for themselves what they should be working on. And what I, I have found in talking to leaders and working with leaders, at times that is a, a point of frustration. And when they've looked at maybe why a particular situation is going on or what's happening, sometimes it comes right back to their inability to maybe clearly articulate expectations from the front or, or from the onset even. So in terms of those expectations and, and things, again, if you haven't already clarified these, it's worth taking that step back and making sure that, that people understand, you know, what do those expectations look like at this point? It is different than when we're all working in an office setting together. Again, in, in many ways, this large change that we're all having to, to go through, um, I think in some ways has been good, right? It, it thrust us out of our um, status quo or our inertia or our always doing it this way, which I, I know is a, a phrase that uh, many do not like to hear. We've kind of always done it uh, in this way. But that also means that we have to, to reset some expectations with others. So just in general, a couple of things that you should be keeping in mind. Right? Clarity about the, the work schedule in terms of when people are working. Um, I know that this is a, a, a hard piece here because we are in a situation where we have a lot of employees, right, working from home, but also working from home while they're caring for loved ones, while they're help, trying to help children uh, do their schoolwork. There's a lot of distractions. There's a lot of, of stuff going on. It could even be the, the dog that incessantly barks like mine does on a, a regular basis, right? So part of this clarity around work schedule, right, where, where we have to um, be okay with this is a, a little bit of flexibility and gratitude, right, where there are going to be adjustments that need to be made, sometimes day to day, sometimes within the, the week. But where you can be clear about some of your expectations is around how you're asking others to share that work schedule. One of the, the tips I love is sharing Outlook calendars. It's, it's so simple to do that. Um, asking others to share details of those calendars, reminding them that there's a, an option to click private if there's something on there that they don't want others to see. But it's a, a great way for them to share information about when they're working, when they are away. Um, if it's somebody like myself, I have to, to block out time where I need to be with my family. I need to be with my children and helping with some of their transition. Um, so I'll block out a, an hour or even 30 minutes on my calendar says, you know, Courtney away or Courtney not, not working at this point. Um, 
And that way, others understand that as well. You can also rely on things such as email to communicate that out. There's also expectations around the, the use of remote work tools. And I mentioned earlier, I know uh, most of us have become uh, very comfortable at this point for with Zoom and, and using Zoom on a regular basis. But there's other tools that are available to us. Teams has uh, created a, a lot of traction. I know there's a lot of areas that are starting to use that. Um, there's instant message. I, but it's starting to articulate when we use these tools. So for example, when we're setting up meetings with our teams or one-on-one, -on -one, we use Zoom. And it would be my preference that you have your cameras on or your audio on during that time. You need to be communicating what it is that you want these platforms to do and how you want others to, to use these. Maybe we use instant message to communicate a brief message to others, emails to share information. We're using Teams for our ongoing work projects. Again, if we're not clarifying how we expect others to use these tools, they might not use them in the way that we, we want. And then there's also the importance of providing clear direction on the work to be done. Again, the work for many has, has changed um, in, in many ways, right? Moving to online platforms, uh, maybe working on things that we hadn't worked on before, right? The, the situation necessitates that we are doing some things differently at this time. But when people feel this disruption, right, they feel this uh, the sudden transition, as leaders, you can provide a solid sense of direction, and it really is uh, its your role. One of the, the tools that I, I love for being able to articulate that clear direction in the work to be done is, uh, is something called Dr. Grack. If any of you have ever taken Seven Habits of Highly Effective People or read any work by Stephen Covey, he talks about this idea of Dr. Grack, this way to create win-win agreements or to help foster accountability. What I love about this is uh, it's easy to remember. I remember this term, Dr. Grack. So when you're providing this direction, some things to keep in mind or even ask yourself, whether you're writing this out, you're remembering this, is have I made myself clear in each of these areas? Again, this idea that clear is kind. So what are the desired results? What are those outcomes that I, I want this person or my team to achieve? What are the guidelines for achieving this result? What resources are available? Accountability is when will we check in on progress made? And then what happens if we don't achieve this? What's the, the impact of this? And again, we can provide the direction around these areas. It helps to ensure that we are being clear with our message of what that expectation is around the work to be done. The other area that I think is important to touch on uh, before we get into this, this larger focus of feedback is really around communication. So at this time, we should be over-communicating. And this might not feel natural to us, um, but one of the downsides of working remotely are some feelings of isolation or even being disconnected. I, I had somebody the other day who said to me, you know, for, for one person on my team, I'm that person's only lifeline at this point. Um, and I, I thought that was so significant, right? But we, we need to be changing the ways that we are communicating with others. I know many of you already have a, a practice of check-ins with your direct reports and, and doing this on a 
a really regular basis, and that's great, right? Whether you're doing them weekly, whether you've been doing them biweekly or monthly, right, I would emphasize keeping that up. But you might also want to consider increasing the check-ins that you have. Maybe you're conducting several shorter checkpoints throughout the week. Maybe you're starting your week with what we consider kind of a stand-up meeting. You could do this one-on-one -on -one or even with your team, but it's a really quick way to check in on what have, we, what have you accomplished since we last met? What are you planning to complete next? What barrier are you experiencing or what's getting in the way of that? I would say, though, and, and I had a manager push back on uh, this point a little bit last week as uh, the two of us were discussing this, and he said, but yeah, but doesn't that feel like micromanaging to others? And my response to him was, it could, right? It, it could. Part of this over-communicating, because it's unnatural to us and, again, pushes against what we are comfortable with, might feel like a lot to others. So my recommendation to him and my recommendation to you all would be to um, consider the platinum rule when thinking about the ways that you're increasing that communication with others. So most people know the golden rule, right? Treat others how, how you want to be treated. The platinum rule is treat others how they want to be treated. So that means asking them about their communication needs. Um, what you might find is they need a little bit more, right? I've, I've talked to, to several managers who have said, you know, I'm doing a quick daily check-in at the, the beginning of the day, maybe 8.30, 9 o'clock. takes about five or, or ten minutes for us to do that. For others, they might not need that, that frequency, right? Daily might be too much, but twice a week might be a, a nice, comfortable medium. Don't assume you should ask kind of what those preferences are and realize that some might need a little bit more direction than others at this time based on skill or, or willingness, maybe newness to a role or a project they're, that they're responsible for. But you should make clear that expectation of communication, that you want to increase that, right? That it's not okay to not check in, that we're going to stop doing these one-on-one -on -one check ins just because we can't get together in person. The, the last thing that you want to have happen for yourself or others is the, the out of sight, out of mind, which can be typical uh, during situations like this. So when you're doing these check-ins, a recommendation is that whenever possible, you're doing these check-ins over, over video. And I, I would have said probably a month ago, I hate video. I'm FaceTiming, I'm Zooming like never before. I'm doing things I never thought that I, I would do and feeling much more comfortable with it. The importance of having a video use, right, when you're having those check-ins is because you want to be able to pick up on those visual cues. They're so effective for communication. And one of the things that we have lost in our ability to sit down and have those conversations face-to-face -face is I can't read body language. I might not be able to pick up on tone of voice like I was before. These visual cues are not only important, um, but also might provide a, a window into the person's emotional state. I'd also recommend setting aside a little bit of time for just some informal chit-chat. We've, we've lost that ability to have those quick hallway discussions or talking with somebody in the break room about how their weekend was. But it's important to ask people how they're doing or what's going well today or if there's anything that 
we need to discuss. I, I want that window into that person's emotional estate so I understand how I can best adjust my style or help, you know, really fit their needs. So that takes us then to, to feedback itself. Again, if we can think from the, the start about those expectations, are we clarifying those with others? How am I communicating with others? All of this helps us provide better feedback. Now I will say, when I talk to those about, uh, managers about feedback, um, it can be something that they typically feel maybe a little bit uncomfortable with. Um, in, in particular, maybe, you know, some of those more negative or, or critical conversations. So it can be something that is hard or challenging to do in the best of situations. Um, regardless of our, our new kind of norm and having to navigate leadership and how we're providing feedback in this very remote or distance way. I had a, a manager that I, I spent some time working with this week who said to me, you know, it's a little scary sometimes thinking about how much my supervisees care what I think or, or need to know from me. And I was struck by that statement and, and totally agreed with it, right? Sometimes it does feel a little bit overwhelming. But again, clear is kind. People want to know how they're doing. They want to know what to do. Um, in some ways, we, we just want that, that validation there. So in terms of, of feedback, in the, the workplace, we have, we have two types. We have our, our reinforcement and redirection. And if you've ever taken the course Power of Feedback with me, you know that we, we spend a lot of time talking about reinforcement and redirection. Um, reinforcement is to get that desired behavior again. It's just another way of uh, describing maybe positive feedback. We want people to keep doing what they're doing. And then we have redirection. And so to redirect the behavior as to get a different behavior. Maybe there's something that isn't working as well that they're doing that we don't want them to do or that's having a significant impact. And so we want to redirect that behavior. So um, bear in mind with me for a moment here. I'm going to pull up a, a, a quick poll for us. Is everybody able to see this? So it says, which is more difficult for you, redirection or reinforcement? Give everybody a moment here. We're at about 75%. We'll give it a few more seconds here. Again, thinking about which is more difficult for you to do. All right, so it looks like we have we have redirection as the the winner here about a 80/20 split, which is not uh, it is not surprising to me. Uh, this is something that I, I hear in a, on a regular basis in terms of the the work that I do with leaders. That redirection conversation tends to be a, a little bit more challenging, right? It, it can be hard to tell somebody that what they're doing isn't working. Um, it can be challenging because there's sometimes emotions that come along with having to deliver some critical feedback to others. Um, you know, if I'm, I'm doing that, what's the effect on our relationship moving forward? Uh, with the, the reinforcement, though, I, I don't want to underemphasize that piece either, right? Sometimes that can be a challenge 
for us, whether it's finding things to reinforce, if the, the person is a, a high performer, making time for, for doing that on a, a regular basis. I would like to say, though, it's not about creating an equal balance between the two. It's being comfortable in, in doing both of those, um, but recognizing where our comfort lies. Are we, you know, again, not redirecting because it's something that we're not comfortable with? For myself, I know early on, I made a lot of mistakes around redirecting and that I would just hope that things would get better. <laughs> Most of the time, things wouldn't get better. In fact, situations would get worse. And so I had a discomfort with redirection and how to do that um, until I finally realized that it is a, a skill set. And, and like it or not, the more that you do it, the more comfortable that you start to get with it. But let's start first with um, talking about reinforcement a, a little bit more. So with, with reinforcement, again, sometimes this might be the one that is a, a little bit easier for us, right? It's that positive feedback. Again, I, I want us, though, to think about our current situation and, and what we're doing. And again, how this changes the types of feedback that, that we're we're providing to others, and even when we do it. Right? You don't want to wait to deliver positive feedback at, at this point. Things are, are changing so quickly at this point that we want to make sure that we're recognizing our team, our employees, on a, a regular, ongoing basis. Look for ways to leverage technology to, to do this and to really be able to, to make it um, you know, not only just meaningful, but but really timely for others as well. So again, there's some great examples of teams using Teams, right, through Microsoft to be able to do this, recognizing others. Um, you can do it in team meetings that you're having, even through an email. You know, you should keep in mind that when it, it comes to that, uh, that, that praise, right? Praising in public is okay. As long as the person on the other end is okay with that, uh, that being stated in public, I know some people aren't, so again, this idea of uh, don't assume, but ask. Make the reinforcement personal and specific. And one of the tools that I love is the, the SBI model. Again, it, it tends to be something that is a little bit simple, easy for us to, to remember and to use, which is describing what is the, the situation, describing the behavior, to others and then describing the, the impact of that. So um, because I can see uh, my, my, my friend Kat Lindsay <laughs> down at the bottom of my screen, I'll pick on Kat for a moment, right? So the way that that positive uh, feedback or that reinforcement, it might look something like this if I'm using SBI. So very, again, very kind of uh, quickly succinct, I would say to Kat, you know, Kat in our team meeting last week, I really like how you volunteered to set up the remainder of our team meetings through Zoom. Um, it, it took a lot of the, the work off of myself, and I appreciate you really contributing to the team and thinking about how you can, can ease some of the, the work uh, moving forward for this at this time. Right. So that situation, I want to take the person back to when that behavior happened, describing that behavior so that it's clear to that person, but then the impact. And the impact is ultimately why you're having that conversation in the first piece, right? 
you want to make sure that they can understand that, right? That's that's one of those ways that we're making the feedback meaningful to the other person is if I can connect the impact of what they're doing with kind of the, the larger picture, right? Why is this important? With reinforcement, sometimes what gets in the way as a, a barrier is the timing of this, right? And, and we're in a situation now where we don't necessarily have time on our hands because we have um, such fewer and more limited interactions with our employees, with our, our team members. So we have to make those feedbacks moments, those reinforcement moments count, right? We don't want to be just general with our praise. I wouldn't want to say to Kat, hey, thanks for your help with the meeting last week. Not only is that vague, but it, it starts to feel insincere over time. I want to slow down that conversation. I want to help Kat understand what she's done, again, why that matters and how that contributes moving forward. One thing that we know also is that this idea of reinforcement, it does make redirection easier. And, and I remember the first time I heard this, I thought that that sounded a, a little bit strange to me. Um, but what I have found, again, being on the receiving end of it and then looking for opportunities to increase my reinforcement with others, it shows that you're paying attention, again, to the work that's being done. And I'll go back to that, that statement I just made. It, it shows that person that the work that they are doing matters. Right. One thing that I, I have found, I didn't realize I needed uh, maybe quite as much as I, I had before, too, is just validation for the work that I'm doing and am I working on the right thing. I generally consider myself kind of a, a self-starter. I know what needs to get done, and then I go off and doing that. Having some of this distance, though, I find myself in moments going, is that right? Is that wrong? So if we can look for those ways to reinforce and show others that we are paying attention, right? it will help when things maybe don't go as well, and I have to provide some of that redirection. And while there's no magic number right, to how much redirection versus reinforcement you're providing, there's no magic number to it. Some will say it's a 5 to 1 ratio. Some say 10 to 1. The most important thing is, is that you're doing it on a regular basis. It's nearly impossible to give somebody too much reinforcement as long as it's genuine, right? People will, will sniff out phony pretty quick. And if it feels like it's not very genuine, then it, it starts to erode a little bit of that, that trust there, right? People can see right through that disingenuous feedback. Um, so don't praise somebody or something unless you actually like it and, and unless that it is important. But again, this idea of providing reinforcement, easing redirection. If I'm receiving reinforcement from others and I know they're paying attention to what I'm doing, in those moments where somebody has to redirect, I know it's coming from a, a really good place because they're paying attention to everything that is, is going on. So I'll segue then into the redirection piece, which again, for many of you, 80%, right, was the, the more challenging area here. So with redirection, and again, in these times, before you move into to redirection, there's a, a couple of things, I call them questions, that I would ask you to pause and reflect on before you're moving into a redirection conversation. The first is, is the behavior really wrong? Is it? 
Or is it just different than how you might do something or how you're doing something? Again, we're all in varying degrees of transition at, at this point where we're having to, to change not only the ways that we're working, how we're working, how we're getting work done. Is the impact serious enough to justify redirecting feedback? And then have I been clear with my expectations? Have I, I stated what I want to see happen? Have I talked about that with the other person? If not, then that's probably where you need to begin. And recognizing that we're all in the midst of a transition and we're all trying to adapt. Might the situation get better? Possibly, right? But what you have to ask yourself is, is what's the severity of what's happening? And again, what's the impact of not having that discussion? So if you feel like you do need to move forward with that redirection, um, the first is, you know, making it immediate. You can't save that up. Again, things are moving quickly. They're changing quickly, quicker than, than ever before. With that, fast pace means that you need to let somebody know what's not working as quickly as possible. Again, that is one of the kindest things that, that you can do. Nobody likes working in a direction only to find out that that direction has been the, the wrong one and that it creates more work and it creates more stress as a result. Um, as you are, are planning to have that discussion, prepare practice. I remind you of the, the SBI model. It works for both reinforcement, it works for redirection as well. What's that situation? What's the behavior? What's the impact of this? And I would encourage you to spend a little bit of time really reflecting on what's the impact of this behavior that I'm wanting to redirect. No one benefits from vague feedback. They need to know and understand what the issue is. I will say, though, if this is something that has been, um, maybe it's habitual, right? You've seen the situation before. Maybe it's one that you have addressed before, right? You might have to look at it through a different lens if it's still occurring, right? What are the barriers? Um, why might this be happening now? What can I do to help you? But if this is something that has been persisting, I'll remind you of my, my colleagues in employee relations who are always there to assist with some of these ongoing challenges that we have. Right? Part of that, that preparation is really thinking through how might I need to escalate this conversation. With preparing, though, is also practicing. So it's not just enough in your head to think, okay, this is what I'm going to say to this person. It might not even be enough right now to, to write it out, although that is a, a great first step. But there was a tip that I heard uh, just this week, and even though it made me cringe, I will tell you I've done it a couple of times myself. And this is recording a video of you delivering feedback to the other person. Um, I know it sounds awkward. Again, that was the, the cringe from myself when I, I first read this tip. But it's such an interesting one, right? How am I going to look to the other person, right? And part of this is, you know, we don't want you to rely on just text messaging or email to give negative or redirecting feedback. Just like those in-person check-ins, the best practice here is to also leverage that technology 
using uh, using audio, using video. Um, so it might be something worth uh, worth considering. And, and again, I, I found the ability to to do that through Zoom and then watch myself. And, and again, it's it's slightly terrifying at first, but like most of this, I've started to get a little bit more <laughs> comfortable with it. I can see in the the chat. Yes, it, Marianne, it, it is. It is scary, but I felt like, you know, I had to try it out for myself before I could recommend it to others. And, and I found uh, there's a, a face that I was making that I, I didn't know I was making, right, that could be misinterpreted. Part of this is we we are losing a little bit of that connectivity through through video without being in person with somebody, you know, sitting across a, a table in close quarters with them. We lose a little bit of those affects or that body language, the, the tone of voice for that. So it would be a tip to consider. Um, I will always make my services available. If you want to practice a, a feedback conversation, I, I would love to practice with you, so, so let me know. When we're delivering that feedback, um, not only should we pause often, right, give the person some time to process that, to catch up with what we're saying. There's a, a tendency sometimes when we are providing that redirection feedback, we just want to get it all out as quickly as possible. Remembering to, to pause, take some breaths in between, and, and watch, right, watch and listen carefully to that person's response or reaction. Again, we need to be mindful of that, and why I, I encourage everybody to do use video when you're having these types of conversations so that you know how to adjust. You can and should be prepared, though, to, to have an emotional reaction to your feedback, right? This is normal sometimes under the best of circumstances. Under these circumstances, it's even more common, right? Due to all of the recent changes, the stressors, um, don't ignore that emotional response, though. That's the, the worst thing that we can do. You can acknowledge it right, by saying, I can see that you're upset. Um, I can understand that, that this is something that is unexpected or might bother you considering how much work you've, you've put into this. You might want to seek to understand the reason behind the emotion, right? Can you help me understand um, why you're feeling upset about this? They may or may not be willing to share can ask. Um, if they aren't agreeing with some of the feedback, maybe you might want to ask some questions like, what might I be missing? But if they're visibly upset, um, crying, angry, you may need to ask how they would like to proceed moving forward. You might need to take a, a quick break with it. Um, however, again, I, I will emphasize the need to come back quickly to that. Typically, I, I will tell people, you know, you might need to take a day or two in between. In this case, coming back a, a little bit quickly, right, or quicker. Maybe it's within, you know, an hour time frame. Maybe it's saying, you know what, by the end of the day, let's come back together and, and continue the, the conversation that we're having. Again, we're providing this redirection because people need to know, and they need to know it now. So if they take that break, follow up, agree on the time to reconvene for it. Also, Stating your intentions, I think, is something that's really important. We know our intentions. Others might not know them as clearly. And those are intentions related to why you're providing the feedback. Right? I'll, I'll continue to, to pick on, on Kat a little bit, right? Um, with Kat, I, you know, I might say something like, you know, Kat, I, I'm giving you this feedback or providing this to you because I, I knew you would want to know. Or it's having a, an 
a negative impact, and I, I don't want that to, and I know that you would want this so that you can make some changes to it. So explaining why you're providing that feedback. But also intentions related to working through the issue or the problem itself. Um, and, and that will take us into our, our next piece, which is, you know, thinking about kind of that, that action planning piece. What we're not wanting to do is end on a, a bad note, right? I, I don't want to just drop this negative feedback in somebody's lap and then say, okay, well, have a good rest of the day. You know, we'll, we'll chat later in the week or we'll chat next week. You know, in this case, happy Friday, right? Um, so you might want to ask some questions, you know, as you're, you're helping the person understand, again, using SBI, the situation behavior impact, right? Is there anything I can do for you? Do you have any questions of me? But you do want to, to transition then into some of the, the next steps. So just like in-person feedback, um, you'll want to talk about what needs to be done differently and, and by when, right? That's, again, that idea of redirecting the behavior, helping them understand what's happening now, helping them to work through what needs to happen differently. Depending on the issue, you might want to talk it through at the time that you're providing the feedback. Perhaps it can wait. Perhaps you can follow um, up on that. Maybe it's straightforward what, what needs to be fixed. Um, I, I would say keep in mind, though, you know, part of the, the next steps, the person really has to be able to, to work with that solution in mind. So while you can provide some assistance in talking through what's going to, to work best, you don't want to be the one coming up with all of the solutions. You want to give them some space to think about what they might need to do as well. You might want to highlight some resources at this time. Maybe what's getting in the way for them is related to, you know, productivity, related to the stress and everything else that's going on. Maybe there's some, some webinars around growth mindset or, or finding their flow and working from home that you can refer them to. And then what I, I encourage you to do at this time is giving some reinforcement to close. This is not the sandwich approach, right? You're the sandwich approach is something positive, something negative, and then something positive at the end. Um, I call this the, the open face sandwich. Um, but it's finding something small, just really small, even if it's something just to acknowledge um, in light of the feedback, something that they're doing well, right? Maybe it's the handling of the feedback, their commitment to making an adjustment, um, their understanding or, or flexibility at this time. And with any reinforcement or redirection, we're looking for the opportunity to spot improvement and reinforce those positive changes as well. Um, again, you know, the, the strategies around ending the conversation on a, a high note, right? Even sometimes just saying, you know, thank you for, for taking the feedback. Thank you for listening to this. We want to end it on a, a high note because we've lost some of that ability to just walk by and check on a person. Right? But I would encourage you to, to follow up, check on them, ask if they have any questions related to the feedback in general or how they're feeling, right? So I know we're, we're close to our time being up. I want to end with one by, by thanking you for attending the session today. I invite you to participate in some of our upcoming webinars, our community sharing sessions, really designed to assist you during this time of transition. Um, you also might want to think about ways that you can involve your team, right? There's a lot of resources that are available for your team, for your employees at this time that might really assist you as a leader and the, the person as well. We have some upcoming sessions on 
around an abundance mindset, leading through crisis, finding your flow when working from home. We're also adding additional sessions as well. We have one on May 1st that will be coming up, which will be um, more on feedback and in particular, UF Engaged and, and some strategies uh, for from you know, still keeping that a, a top practice for us as leaders in terms of how we're providing that feedback to others. And then we also want to hear from you on and what you need. So you'll find my email address. You'll also find our, our Keep Growing website uh, where we have some opportunities for you to provide feedback to us, um, some comments about what you need, resources needed, or you can reach out to me directly. 